back everybody Hollywood Cole here for another H&K video game experience we're glad you could join us here with me today as always is our other host Clearfire what's going on brother not much man your idea man we're gonna do another E3 post game so we gave you a good uh, pre-game there what we thought was gonna happen and now that it is all done we've got some surprises and some not so surprises <laughs> you know, not so surprising yes. things. And so uh, some things I'm excited about and other things a little disappointed, of course, as many of you are. And so we're going to kind of touch on a little bit of a few of those things here. Uh, Clearfire is always our expert when it comes to the news and when it comes to stuff like this. So, man, go ahead and take it, dude. Well, first I'm going to start off with one of my very, very sad points. And the thing that I think that really shot... Uh, E3 in the foot for a developer was uh, the fact that Square Enix mentioned absolutely nothing of the Final Fantasy VII remake. That's the first thing I want to start off with because we're all big Final Fantasy fans. We all love Final Fantasy VII. And not a single peep mentioned nothing. It's very it's very sad and I really think that that, um, that was a bad step for uh, Square not to even mention it, you know, not to even saying, hey, we're working on it, you know, just something, just something to say, hey, it's still in the background or whatever, because now at this point, I've basically said, you know what, don't really care if you do it or not, I'm not even worried about it anymore, I'm not, it, it's, it's behind me, and, you know, it was a great pipe dream, but it looks like you can't get your act together, and you can't even say, hey, we're at least working on it, so... Of course, you know, they're saying that, you know, GamesCon that's coming up in July, they're like, oh, well, we're going to mention something there. I'm like, okay, so you decide to choose the second biggest gaming convention that we have to mention it, not the biggest gaming convention. So that, that has made me, <clears throat> this made me very kind of sour on Square Enix right now. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of theirs right now because of that. Like, like I said, it's a, it's a series that everybody loves. You know, everybody loved Final Fantasy VII. It was a fantastic game, well-made game, and they can't even get their act together to say, hey, we're working on the remake still. Yeah, so what do you think that means? You think they're not, you know, we've heard nothing but bad news since this thing has been announced, what, 2015 maybe? Or before yeah. that? Oh, it's 2015. And so, yeah, I mean, what does that mean? They didn't even say, like you're, like you're talking about, they didn't even go up there and say, well, you know, hey, guys, Final Fantasy VII still in, you know, I don't know if they would ever do that, but Square Enix knows everybody is waiting for this. Yeah. And I wasn't even happy with any of their other games, not to jump too far ahead and I won't get into it. No, no I'm, fine, I'm fine with that. I'm, that's probably about all I'm going to mention of Square Enix because they've made me so mad because just there's nothing else out there from them that I really care about. So, 
Yeah, and so I hope this is... Well, they got the uh, Octopath Traveler coming. And that's the only thing that's keeping me... Kind of keeping them on my radar now that this Final Fantasy VII thing is kind of going under the... You know, to the wayside, which is, is... You're exactly right. If you don't mention it at the best gaming convention, there is... And, and there's some speculation that that's what they're doing, exactly what you're saying. Hey, we're going to set you up. We're going to kind of ease into this one. You think we're gone, and then we're going to hit you with this big bombshell of, look at all this cool stuff we're doing. And it's like, why would you do that at E3? That makes no sense. Yeah, you, you've, lost your, you've lost a lot of fans. You've lost a lot of people's attention because they were sitting there hanging, waiting for something. You know, you could have flashed in your E3 presser in your trailer that you did for E3. You could have flashed Seth Ross face there and everybody would have gone berserk. You know, yeah. just something simple like that. And that yeah. would have been enough to appease the critics, enough to appease the people. And you couldn't even do that. I mean, one of my favorite you know, shots of Seth Ross is when he's in the flames and he just has that turn back. He's holding the sword. You could have done that. You know, and you would have had everybody lit up, excited, pumped up. They're like, oh my gosh, they're actually working on it. They didn't even do that. So it was just, it was yeah. just really sad that, you know, you, you, you had a chance just to flash something. You know, you could have taken one second, did one image, and that's all you needed to do. And you couldn't even do that. <laughs> so to me, that, to me, that sounds like that with all of the turnover and the turmoil that they had, they're pretty much saying, hey, we're starting from square one all over again. So I feel like they might be scrapping everything they've done and going back to the beginning. Because, I mean, why not even show just a little something? You know, if you've got this little bitty five-minute little trailer thing that we've seen before and you don't have anything else other than that, I mean, you could even replay parts of that. I mean, just nothing. So it's just, it's a big letdown. So what do you think they definitely should have just waited until they had something bigger before they even released some type of reveal in 2015. I think perhaps so. They, perhaps they thought they were going to come along a lot faster and they just had some hiccups. And so, I don't know, maybe maybe that's a lesson for them. And they're like, hey, we're not going to talk about anything until it's yeah. you know, further along. I think they bit off more than they could chew in it. And you know they weren't able to develop it as quickly as they wanted to. And I think they're trying to push it too far into next gen you know i think i just feel like they're trying to push the graphics too far push limits too far you don't have to push it too far it's already a great story why you know it's like the whole thing you know the wheel is a great invention why reinvent the wheel you know yeah and so they have a fantastic game why reinvent it so so instead of final fantasy 7 they reveal a couple of games one captain spirit or something like that you know yeah. what I'm talking about? I mean, what did, yeah. what did you think about that game? <laughs> I, I just kind of, I kind of shook, I kind of, sh- I kind of shook my head at everything that they did. Like I'm sitting here, I didn't watch their presser. I just read about their presser, and when I hit the part, the Final Fantasy VII wasn't even there. After you know, plenty of rumors, I was just kind of like, really, and just it just kind of shook my head at all of what they had to show. I mean, nothing just really piqued my interest there much. With you know, well, Phoenix. You know, life is strange, and I haven't played that yet. I mean, I own I, yeah. it came out for free on the PlayStation PSN at one point, and it, and it's supposed to be pretty. I mean, I hear a lot of good things about it, and it's just kind of like you're going through life and you're making choices or whatever. So I, I really can't speak about it because I've never even turned it on. But yeah, this is Captain Spirit or something like the world of Captain mm-hmm. Spirit, and I may be saying it, I don't know if it's Spirit, but it's based in this universe and it's like a kid 
playing make-believe, and that's the game. And even the trailer was just so kind of sappy. Like, I mean, what what is this? This is what you've been dedicating your time to? Yeah. Is Captain Spirit? I mean, come on, man. I mean, it was just terrible. And they had another game. I don't even remember what it was. That's how much it stuck with me. But yeah, you're right. I mean, if it wasn't Final Fantasy VII, they don't care unless it's Octopath Traveler, which I don't I, think they did any of that. Yeah, That's that already wasn't announced even, and everything. Yeah, so. didn't even, yeah, didn't even. I mean, my thing is, is you know, you, you didn't do any Final Fantasy VII. You didn't talk about any new additions to Final Fantasy XV. Nothing. I mean, just nothing Final Fantasy. Square is Final Fantasy. And they didn't throw out anything big for any of that. So it was just really sad, especially with how big Final Fantasy VII's been on everybody's radar for three years now. Three different E3s it's been on people's radar. And no really big mention. It's it's a huge misstep by Square. And I really... I really feel bad for them because, I mean, they're they're losing me slowly. And if they continue doing this, they're going to lose a lot more than just, you know, a couple people like us. They're going to lose a lot more. So, so, uh, so yeah, so no Final Fantasy VII. So that was a disappointment for everybody. So, But I'll, I'll tell you what I was impressed with, man. And I'm trying to keep up with what all that was released as it was released. But I think that I was very impressed with Xbox um, even though there was not a lot of gameplay per se, we're actually somebody playing, but a lot of new games announced, a lot of new uh, publishers and stuff that they've bought out or developers, um, and all the different things that they're doing, it just really says, man, they're not going quietly into the night. They're not giving up. They're coming on hard. And then Sony kind of comes out and you go, eh, you know, it's kind of like, what are you doing, Sony? After after Xbox just says, dude, we're, we're here and we're, we're going to make this thing happen. Uh, just with all the stuff that they're buying out. I mean, you know, of course, they got pretty much an unlimited mm-hmm. bankroll, you know, with, with Bill. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they can do whatever they want. So uh, I love that you, you, you liked that. I'm going to say one ratio, and this is the one ratio that you should always remember, two to one. Okay. Two to one. PlayStations to Xboxes, two to oh, one. I know. They're still dominating sales against Xbox. In my opinion, Xbox can bring all they want right now. Until they drop a new hardware, they're going to be second place, which actually they're falling to third place in this console wars because they're falling not only behind PlayStation, but they're falling behind Nintendo. I think it's a little too late for them. Yes, they had some great-looking stuff. You know, the Cares of War looked awesome. I mean, it just they had some great-looking exclusives that came through. But if they would have came through last year or the year before... We're looking at a whole different ball game on how the console wars play out. You know, that's the whole big problem with Xbox is they're waiting until late in the life cycle of the systems to release awesome. And I'm, I'm not knocking them there. They've got some awesome exclusives. You know, why wait so late in the cycle to drop a new Halo? Why wait until so late in the life cycle to drop a new Gears of War 5. I mean, why wait so late in the cycle to do that? You're not going to save face, not this far back, especially after all the damage you did when you first originally re- re- released the Xbox One. So, I mean, yeah, it's great for them. Yay, hooray. They they did a great E3. They had great showing at E3. It's about two E3s too late. Well, that's my that's there. Therein lies my point. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying, and I agree with you. 
And so they are two to one back. And everybody's just kind of like, what are they going to do? You know, and I almost made a joke like they're going to come out and say, hey, we're only going to make video games for now on or we're getting out of the console mm-hmm. market or something. But they did not do that at all. They came out and arguably had the best showing of everybody, whether it's going to be. And so that that's what I'm talking about. Like Even though they're down and out, everybody thinks they're down and out, they're like, well, we're not just going to go out as easily as you think. We're still here to hit this thing hard. And so they did the best they could with E3. They can't really just dwell on the past of, oh, I wish we would have done this, we should have done that. Only what can we do now, you know? And so I agree. And so if it's too little too late, yeah, it may be. Uh, but at least they're showing that they are dedicated to their products. And so when they release another one, you know, it's been like that. PlayStation 2 dominated the Xbox. Then Xbox 360 dominated the PS3. Now PS4 is dominating Xbox One. Who knows, maybe next time it flips. But if Xbox is showing and Microsoft is showing that, hey, when we do a video game console, we're all in on this thing, you know, for better or for worse, that, that can that can win some points with fans. Well, yeah. I, th- I think the one thing that boosted them the best at E3, because one of our things was is we're, th- we're saying that nobody's going to make any announcements about hardware or anything, and what does Xbox go and do? We're going to make a new Xbox. <laughs> they say it. They, they announce it at E3. We are going to make a new, a new Xbox. The Xbox so for the, One X. So, well, no, nah, they're right. going to, no, nah, they're probably going to make it the Xbox One Z or something like that. Oh, no, gosh. who knows? Who knows? You know, uh, uh, there's rumors that it's going to be called the Xbox Two, you know, things like that. Who, who, know, who knows what it's going to <laughs> so be. So, this is their next gen one? This is their next gen one. They said that they're, I don't remember if they said that they're going to drop it in 2020, but that's kind of the idea that it would come in 2020. But they said that they're working on it. They're the only ones that announced that they're working on a next-gen console. So that gives them a leg up. That gives the fans hope, you know, because for the longest, everybody was like, oh, well, Xbox is fixing to get out of the console market because they bit it bad on this one. And so, you know, back to your point of that they are actually, you know, pushing for the future and actually still building it it shows it by their statement of saying hey we're making a a new xbox i mean to to go back to i hate to beat on a dead horse about uh square enix but they could even said that about final fantasy 7 and it would have saved their e3 for them yeah you know just that statement alone alone from uh microsoft saying that we're making a new xbox has really really piqued my interest because i was like okay let me see what you got what your ideas are because I mean, that, that's the next step is, you know, everybody's starting to look for that next console because it's coming to end a life cycle for the new for the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One, even though that they have released a One X and a PlayStation 4 Pro recently. So um, I really, I really kind of look forward to seeing what Microsoft has to offer and throw up. Um, I mean, I'm, and granted, I am a PlayStation player right now. Um, I've pretty much been with PlayStation more often than Xbox, so I'll probably end up sticking with PlayStation through it, but who knows, I might end up snatching one up if it's a decent, if, it, if it's a good system, and it does what I need it to do, aka play video games. I mean, that's why I buy a system yeah, to play exactly. video games. <clears throat> I don't buy it to be my media center, you know, my, my, a piece of my media console where it's the centerpiece of my media console. That's I don't buy it for that. I buy it so I can play video games. If it does some other things on the side, great, whatever. 
but I hardly ever use my PlayStation 4 for streaming like movies or whatever through Netflix or whatever. I use it for ESPN just because I can't get that on my TV. But other than that, I don't use it for anything other than little minutia things like that. I use it for gaming. So I hope Xbox learned their lesson and they're actually going to put out a gaming console. But they did say that they want to make basically bridge the gap between PC PC power and console power and make the new Xbox relative to what PC power can you know what a PC power uh, power can do so so they already doing cross platform between PC and Xbox yeah there's PC and Xbox there's even PC Xbox and Nintendo Switch cross play yeah, but Sony is stiff arming it yeah um Sony Sony is stiff arming it um Sony's being pretty rough about that they don't want to cross play with anything which I mean I understand they are quote unquote the king right now so I mean when you're the king you can pretty much say what you want and people are just going to follow blindly and just do whatever so with them having that power it kind of it's it's kind of bad for gamers with the, with Sony not wanting to cross platform because something I'll mention later it, it's greatly affected that so you're, you're, you're uh, cross platform, I really think needs to happen. It's just it's a great thing, and then anybody can decide, and then the people can decide on what system they play on. Still have your exclusives for your systems, that's fine. But the ones that cross systems, that you shouldn't have any reason to block those. You should let those cross over. I mean, come on, Minecraft. It's a game that's twenty bucks, <laughs> maybe less. You know, you can probably get it cheaper than that at times. Why not let people play it across all platforms? Just let yep. them do it. You know, it's just. It's yeah, a no-brainer to do that. It's it's a no-brainer to do that, and Sony's kind of taken a stiff stance against cross-platform play. But I think with the new generation, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to um, relook at their stance on that, and maybe even start opening that up to games that are you know not uh, console specific because you're not losing any money to those games. You know, if somebody has an Xbox and a PlayStation Four, they're gonna buy it on whatever console they want it on, whichever one their buddies are playing it on. But if you, you know, if you have, like, for us, I know we have buddies that are all, all on Xbox One, and they're playing games, and we're on PlayStation 4, but, you know, a game like Destiny, if you opened it up to cross-play, you're going to actually sell more games and more consoles by doing that. But I don't think Sony thinks that way. I think that they would lose their position if they did that. So, it's yeah, just a frustrating, it's just a frustrating position. If they're dominating the market, I mean, it's... Uh... You know, if you if you're holding the, the the keys to the most players, you're kind of like, well, I want to hold on to that. I kind of lose my edge if I just say, hey, cross platform, and then somebody goes, ah, oh, my buddies are playing, um, you know, name it, uh, what's the Destiny two? Well, something that's just I'm trying to think of some ex, uh, PlayStation exclusive, but whatever. A PlayStation exclusive, okay. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Well, that's or no, that's not online game. It doesn't um, matter. Hey, my buddies are playing Black Ops Three. They all got PlayStation, uh, PlayStation Fours. Okay, so I want to play with them. But I kind of like Halo. Oh, yeah. guess what? I can buy an Xbox One and play with Black Ops Three and play with them, and I'll still get Halo. So you know, it's kind of lost that. That kind of puts them over the edge. People over the edge to say, well, I need to get a PlayStation. That's what all my bros are playing. And so since they got an edge on the market, that's what they're trying to do. But yeah, oh yeah. Um, you know, it's it's one of those weird things. Kind of sucks for gamers. I think it yet yeah, gaming overall as a whole 
yes, you know, that sucks for it, but as a business, not a bad decision, I don't guess. It's, but it's not a it's not a bad or a good decision. It's a neutral position for the fact that they're like, oh, we're trying to save our revenue and keep our revenue high. So that way they can bring out more exclusives so they can do more things like that. I understand why they do it. I just wish they would look at it from the aspect of if you open it up, you actually might make a little more money in it, you know, because then you have those people that are playing the Xboxes and everything and you actually might could bridge some of them a little bit. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things where it it could go either way and I just, I wish they would do a little more cross-platform play. I understand something about Minecraft and all that. I mean, that's not really going to, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, the, I think it's, like that. If, and then, if everybody, most people have a PlayStation Four, they're gonna want to keep. I mean, I, you know, it's just kind of what I already said. I, I kind of agree with that decision if I was a businessman. But well, let's take let's take what what I was referencing to earlier. So Nintendo Switch got Fortnite released to it during E3. Big game. You know, it's one of the most popular games right now out, free to play. And if you have logged on to your Fortnite account on a PS4. You cannot log on to your Fortnite account on your Nintendo Switch. They that's, locked it yeah, out. I don't like that. That's, and see, that's, that's bad. And that, that's 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 the controversy of the cross-platform play is because you spend money on the game Fortnite. None of it goes to PlayStation. None of it goes to anything like that. It's all going to Fortnite. Uh, Fortnite's funneling all, getting all the money. They're they're getting all that money from all the in in-game buys. Now you're telling people, oh. You've spent all this money, but if you play on PlayStation 4 and you try to play it on your Switch, you got to start all over because you get, you know, you're building up your character to be able to be a better character in Fortnite by buying your extra things or winning your games and all that. I'm not sure exactly because I don't play Fortnite. I might start playing it since I've got a Switch, but if you have a Switch and you have an Xbox, your account can cross over. If you have a Switch and you play Fortnite on PC, your account can switch over. So you've got that happening over there, and Sony's over here by themselves. It's going to hurt their business, especially for a small game like that that doesn't affect Sony, that doesn't really generate any revenue for Sony. Yeah, so. I mean, it's, it's still... I mean, if I, like, oh, i got to play in Fortnite on the, on the PlayStation. That's going to be fun. I kind of want to get a Switch. The only game I play on PlayStation is uh, Fortnite, let's just say, because my buddy's got it. And so I kind of want to get a Switch, but... You know, only game I'm playing is Fortnite, but you know, if it's crossed over, you could just jump on that. So you end up buying a Switch, and now you're you're buying games for that, and Sony's losing out. So, but I mean, yeah, it's it's one of those weird things. I agree. Like so Fortnite people should be like, hey, you know, you should let let me do that because it's all for me anyway. It's my business. I, I don't know. I see it both ways. It's a double edged sword on that. I mean, I, I do too. Like I understand why Sony's doing it. It's because they're gonna they could they could potentially lose money. The other side to that is if they open it up, they could potentially gain more money because they could gain more players. You know, you think about it. You're sitting there you, when you're playing with your buddies. You're always talking about other things you play. I'm sitting here playing with a. Yeah, if I was on my PlayStation Four playing with some game cross platform with an Xbox One person, I start telling them about Horizon Zero Dawn. It might pique their interest, and they might be like, "Hey, that's one more reason for me to get a PlayStation 4. Oh, well then, well let's look at these other games that are exclusive to PS4. You know, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm blanking on exclusives to PS4, but I mean, you've got so many of them that you could eventually sway somebody to probably buy a PlayStation 4. I mean, that's that that, that it could very well happen that way. So. Uh, right. but but it's like I said double edged sword so 
So one cool thing that I liked about E3 is the Cyberpunk 2077. That that seems to be a winner from everybody's uh, from everybody's perspective there. The CD Projekt Red, who did The Witcher Three, is a great game. And uh, man, if it comes out like any type anything like Witcher Three with the Shadowrun twist, which is what it's looking like, great story, cool universe, um, and you even got some ga- people got to play it and uh, talk about it and kind of got to read those reviews or whatever. But man, it, it just looks pretty cool. I think it does look that cool. Trailer. I didn't I didn't dive deep into that one because I figured you know once you sent me a message about it, I was like, okay, I'm gonna focus on some other things to make sure we cover more. But what little I did see about it, it looks very a very interesting game, and I probably will jump on that one. It looks it looks like it could be a fun game, kind of a uh, a future more futuristic type uh, Grand Theft Auto if you have it. You know, not that same style, but kind of like that so I look forward to seeing more yeah. of what that game game has out there so it looked yeah me too I mean it looks kind of a lot more story driven than what maybe The yeah. Witcher 3 is and everything to where kind of your decisions will affect the story The Witcher 3 is kind of focused on uh, how I mean it's open world it's kind of you know how you want to deck your character out and what you want to specialize in magic or I'm actually just trying to remember this for the first time in a long time for Witcher 3. But you can kind of fine-tune your, your character however you want to play it. And so I'm sure it's the same way with Cyberpunk. I think there was a skill tree. But it did focus more on story. And I think they even kind of mentioned that. But um, I just love those worlds, man. It's just a Shadowrun world, which we'll talk about mm-hmm. uh, in a minute. But, um, you know, really, really cool game. I think that's going to be good. I'm really looking forward to that one. I'm, I'm going to probably get that one at release. Yeah. So, um, something that I'm really hyped about that I want to bring up is one, how well I feel like Nintendo had a showing there. Now, granted, their presser, more than half of it was dedicated to Super Smash Brothers, which everybody knew everybody, that. Yeah. Everybody's expecting that. But man, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate looks very nice, very clean, some really cool new features on it. Basically, every character from all the previous Smash Brothers are going to be there. You know, online play, it's looking like a ultimate fun game to play. And it's called Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. So, and, and it's 65, just... Over, over 65 characters, over yeah. 75 stages. And, you know, you know me, we talk about it all the time. You've always loved Smash Bros. And, and you're not alone in that. Every, One of my Everybody favorite. loves it. <laughs> And, but me, I, I didn't, wasn't really into it that much, and uh, I played it on the N64, and I'm kind of like, okay, I feel like I'm just butt-mashing here, but this one has got me interested. Uh, you know, I'll probably check this one out and uh, try to actually learn something about it, moves from, or whatever. From what I've read about it, it looks like it's going to be more skill-based. You're going to actually have to know the combos and things like that to do. Um, one of the new features that I like about it is it'll actually zoom on the board. So basically it makes it harder for you to save yourself once you're knocked off the map. Because, you know, the whole premise of the game is is knock your opponent off the map. And, you know, if you had Link back in the day, he had the jump that you could float back. You had Kirby, you could float. I mean, you had all these characters that could get their way back. Pretty much every character, if, you, if you're good enough with them, you could get your way back on the, on the map. Well, what happens is is... With that board being shrunk down, it's not like they're shrinking the entire board. They're just shrinking what you see. 
it makes it harder for you to know where you're jumping and to time your jumps. And so it gives it a challenge level. So I kind of like that idea and just, I mean, it looks so good. You know, you've got the Splatoon Inklings coming in. I forget the other new ones that are coming in for it too. But I mean, you've just got so many characters to play with. And you know there's going to be some secrets in there. There always is. <laughs> there's always something fun with Super Smash Brothers, And it's going to be a blast. I really look forward to playing that. And, and another one that Nintendo showed... Um, well, hold on. Smash you, Bros. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask you about this real quick. Because Smash Bros... Uh, I don't, uh, so this explained to me how this works. So I've played it on the N64. That's the only one I've played. And so I know you got to knock them off the board. So when you're, you're beating on them, your, your life bar takes a percentage... So you're hitting on them, and then you get to a hundred. Can you knock them off, or do you have to wait till they get to a hundred? I know you can push them off and they just fall. You off, can, you can if you if you're good enough, you can smack somebody off in the first like few few seconds have, of a match. So let me know? explain. Let me explain to the people in case they've never played it from my perspective. So it looked like you're hitting each other, and you get a percentage. So you start at zero. So it's not like you got a hundred percent. You start getting it knocked away. You start at zero. And somebody's beating on you. And it goes up to fifty percent, seventy five then 100, and then like 150 or something. And when you get real high, you're a lot easier to knock off the stage. And so that's what that's what it just seemed to me. That's what I was trying to do is not get somebody's percentage super high and then knock them off the stage. But you're saying that's irrelevant. You yeah, can still knock them off whenever. It's not irrelevant. It makes it easier to knock somebody off. But if you're really good and you know some of your power moves and you can pull a power move quickly you can knock somebody off quick in a stage. It just all depends on okay. your skill, the other person's skill, and who they are. I mean, characters play a huge part in in your strategies. Because I remember playing, I was like, oh, I'll play with Kirby. And man, Kirby can be a tough one. But also, if you if you got somebody that's really good with Kirby, it, the Kirby's hard to fight. I mean, it's just one of those things where, depending on who you are, who you play with, it could be either a challenge for you or a challenge for the other person. Yes, now, you know, the whole thing is is you don't really have a health bar. You have a percentage meter that says basically, okay, it's a lot easier. That basically defines how much easier it is for you to be knocked off the stage. And, yeah. you know, the higher your meter goes up, the easier it is. And, you know, I've had some matches that lasted, you know, no time at all. I mean, I can take you know, one of my favorite characters is Yoshi. I love taking Yoshi and jumping him off the stage when somebody else is coming and then eating them and then pooping them out his neg. Because then they'll <laughs> fall straight down and they're they're done, you know. That's all you have to do is yeah. not with Yoshi. All you have to do That's is knock job. somebody knock somebody off, then jump over there because he has a great float jump. Eat them in midair, poop them out, and then jump back over. And you could just start dropping people like that. I mean, I did that so many <laughs> times on people, and they hated it because it's like it, you got to time it just perfect. But if you do it, I mean, it's just. It frustrates them, and it's such a great. It's it's and Yoshi is an example of a character that is very easy to knock somebody off very early because I mean, at any time you can knock somebody off the stage. Can you knock them far enough to where they can't jump back on? Maybe not. You know, because once they hit that hundred fifty percent range, all of a sudden, if you hit them a certain way, they go flying off the stage and they're not coming back. You know, they're just there's no there's no recovery yeah. to it. So. So it's, it's 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 just all depends on how you want to play the game. If you want to play the game as a strategy and build up, make sure that they get that percentage and then knock them off, there's a good chance that you might get knocked off before then. But um, if you're good enough, you can avoid. So, so and I'm not going to – I just wanted to mention this one too real quick. I know you're about to mention another NES – or a, NES, a Nintendo game, a uh, Nintendo – an NS game. Uh, but Metroid Prime 4 – 
you know, everybody's kind of like, oh, is it going to come out? Are they going to do a teaser? Are we going to know what it's about or whatever? It was never mentioned, but I, or it may have been, it wasn't shown, but I think it was mentioned. And it was just, uh, Reggie just essentially, essentially said that, hey, we it's coming along great. Everything's going well like we want it to. We're just not far along enough to show it. Nintendo's always kind of been like this to where if they show you a game, they want it to be within, you know, nine months of release or so. Oh, yeah. So that's what they should have done. <laughs> Square Enix should have done with uh, Final Fantasy. <laughs> yes. So that's what I just wanted to mention. But yeah, I'm excited about Me- I'm, I'm sure Metroid Prime mm-hmm. 4 is going to be golden. It's going to be good on game. them for not showing it. That's fine. Everybody's cool with it. Um, obviously, we would like to see it, but I mean, there's so much good stuff. And uh, I mean, again, if you've heard my switch on uh, Smooth Ramblings, you know I'm all about it. I'm looking forward to getting one. And I'm looking forward to playing Smash Bros. now, just the way that you explained it. Uh, I'm looking forward to shooting you off a board. That's my song. I'm going to have fun. <laughs> I'm going to Yoshi you off a board one time. I'm going to give you the Yoshi <laughs> experience. But uh, that aside, I'm, I'm, um, I'm kind of excited. I've never played one of the games. I've heard a lot of good things about it, and I love anime. It's Fire Emblem Three Houses. It looks like it's going to be a really cool game. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. And I love strategy games. I've been playing uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the uh, Breath of the Wild. Did I say that right? Yep. I always say it wrong for some reason. But uh, I've been having a lot of fun with that one. I love going into the little shrines and doing the puzzles in there, having to use your special powers in, in the Legend of Zelda one to, to get through the shrines and trying to figure that out. And I can't wait to have that kind of strategy stuff with Fire Emblem because it looks like it's going to have a lot of fun to it and a lot of things like that. So, um, yeah. like I said, I don't know a lot about Fire Emblem, so there's not much I can talk about it other than I'm really excited to see that game and to see another one of the Nintendo's franchises coming to light and actually you know, taking off and being a bigger prominence other than you know having to take a backseat to Sony and Xbox like they have lately. Well, I can tell you uh, I've played the Shining Force 2 and you've heard me say this a bunch of times if you've listened to the podcast at all, but a testament to an old school game to me is if I can turn it on now and enjoy it, you know, even when I didn't play when I was mm-hmm. younger. So that's no nostalgia factor at all other than, okay, it's a 16-bit game. But Shining Force 2 on the Xbox 360 uh, Sega collection had me hooked. And it's the same type of thing. So I'm excited about the Fire Emblem, and I'm definitely going to get that for the Switch as well. Uh, so those type of games are super addicting. Final Fantasy Tactics is like the first one I played, and I really enjoyed that one. And then, it, you know, then I didn't realize it was Shining Force too. And sometimes it's better on a you know a Sega or so because it's a lot mm-hmm. more simple. It's a lot simpler, you know. So yeah, it's not a whole lot I gotta mess up, you know, before I learn. You kind of just learn as you go, and that's there's something to be said for that. Mm-hmm. Um, what else you got for Nintendo? Um, that's about it for Nintendo. Um, those are really the only two main things that really just hyped me up. Um, they got some other good stuff. I mean, give Nintendo credit. You know, they're really pushing the Nintendo Switch. Um, I love the idea that they have for their Pokemon. Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. Um, when you buy the, if you buy it, like they've got a set where you can buy it where it comes with the Pokeball controller. They they mentioned that at E3. Um, it's going to have the quote-unquote quasi-cross-play with Pokemon Go. So if you're a Pokemon Go player on your phone, you've got a little bit of cross-play there. So it looks like some interesting things they're going to do with the Pokemon franchise, which that's one of their bigger franchises. You know, extremely popular. It sells 
millions of games every time it comes out. Um, I'm actually probably going to get one of those copies, and basically it's, in essence, a remaster of Pokemon Yellow, if I'm not mistaken. I think I said that. And so I kind of look forward to playing that just to check it out. And it's cool because you'll be able to play two players, you know. So I would be able to play with my son. He'd be able to pick up a controller and, you know, basically control it because it's basically all you can do on the game is move your character around and throw a Pokeball. I mean... And no, uh, no random encounters now too on, on it too. They're gonna have basically the Pokemon will be out in the wild. You'll see them, and you got to you just go up to them and catch them or whatever. Of course, you'll have to go through the quote unquote battle to catch them by throwing Pokeballs at them until you can catch them and all that. But it, it seems like it'll be a fun little, you know, it's kind of to me, it's one of those little escape games. You know, just one of those games to get away from all your other gaming too. So, so let's talk about EA real quick. So. Yeah. Anthem. Uh, so, so let me just mention what, what I th- what I pulled away from this, and you know how how staunch I am about. How do you feel about Anthem? I want to know your feelings on this. So Anthem, of course, it looks good. You know, it looks cool. But EA, it looks like so far, it looks like you were hit the nail on the head when you said, "Hey, they can use this as a chance to clean up their image," and they went out and announced no microtransactions for Anthem. So that right there is a win. So far, so good. <laughs> Somebody posted on Twitter, uh, best things about E3, you know, that I liked, a Cyberpunk 2077, some Octopath Driver, all the games I like, and said Anthem. And I said, great job, uh, except for Anthem. You know, I said, I like your style, minus Anthem, or something like that. And they're like, oh, you're not excited about Anthem? And then I just said, well, you know, EA can... If they start introducing microtransactions and all this, this is before they really said mm-hmm. we're not releasing it with microtransactions. And then they were even like, if they micro, it's like some girl she said, if they microtransact, try to microtransaction me out, they can microtransaction my fist or something, like, something like that. It's just kind of funny, but you know, so everybody, even though they're excited about it, it's not cool with microtransactions. So the fact that they got rid of them is a step in the right direction, a big step. Yeah. Um, so. I'm really excited about Anthem. If you know me, I love Destiny. I really hate the direction that Destiny 2 has taken. Um, I'll talk about Destiny 2 more in uh, some fireside chats when I get a chance to sit down and record those. This will be episode 3 since we've we've heard about fireside chats. <laughs> yeah, I apologize for that, guys. I've had some I've had some life crap come up and I've been having to take care of that, so but um, I'll keep on talking about it forever until I finally put one out. It's just gonna be it's gonna be a joke of how many how many episodes can I mention fireside chat until we actually drop one? Yeah, what episode? Here's the contest. What episode did Clear first mention fireside chats? Oh, it's uh, October two thousand seventeen. I might do, I might have to do that and do a do a contest. I might I might do a contest for that. So, but uh, <laughs> what but um what but what I want to say about Anthem is is it, it it looks like it is I can't call it a Destiny killer because they don't have PvP in it, and a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, they don't have PvP. What's wrong with them? Well, a lot of games don't have PvP. And not every game needs to have PvP to make it a game. It's got PvE, and I think that's awesome. You know, the whole concept of playing with your buddies. I mean, Borderlands, it does, it, yes, it has a minor PvP component in it when you can challenge your buddy or whatever. And that's just more of a joke thing than anything. But there's no real, like, battle for PvP in Borderlands. It's all PvE. And it's a fantastic game. You know, you've got a lot of games that are like that. 
in comes Anthem, and they're like, we have no PvP, and the community erupts. Oh my gosh, it's going to be terrible. They don't have any 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 PvP. I, I beg to differ. I think it's going to be great because now they can focus solely on one end of the game and not have to focus on two different angles. You know, that that's I think that's a thing that's in a way hurts Destiny 2 is they're focusing so much on one side or the other. So every time they do an update, one side or the other, PvP or PvE, is getting left out of, of the updates. And I think that can hurt a game in the long run. So with them saying, we're only doing PvE, we're doing this, we're pushing it out, you can play with your buddies... You know, I think it's a great idea, you know. I mean, the the suits look awesome. The javelin suits, you know, you've got a ranger suit that you start in, and then you eventually have to gather all the suits. You eventually get all the suits. Um, I forget the I forget all of them. You've got an interceptor suit. You've got a storm suit. And I, is it a juggernaut? It basically, that's basically what it is. I forget the name of the, the bigger suit. The, basically, it's your yeah. tank build. And they look awesome. They they look, have a great design look to them. I will say though, the um, storm one does take a little bit from the uh, void warlock. You know, it's it's purple has that kind of kind of that essence to it. But you know, to me, I looked at it as like, oh, I, you know, because I played warlock in Destiny. I was like, oh look, I finally get to be a warlock with a cape because it has a cape and you know on the storm uh, uh, suit that you get from um, in. Uh, God, I cannot speak tonight. Sorry, guys. Uh, in uh, um, Anthem, so yeah, I get a little excited and I can't can't get all my words out. So you have to bear with me there, guys. Sorry about that. <laughs> so, uh, so not to uh, jump all over the place here, but to, I just see a tweet here from this guy named Greg Miller about the Fortnite thing with the with the crossplay. So you were mentioning this. This is a, this is a what you're talking about here. So it says at PlayStation, fix this, not allowing me to sign into Fortnite switch with my Epic account because it's linked to PS4 is tone deaf and points more to fear than market dominance. It does the opposite of what you want. It makes me think about moving to Xbox for Fortnite. So there you go. But anyway, yeah, sorry to jump around. That's what we were, uh, we were talking about. It's, it's 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 hurting their business. It's going to hurt their business for it too. I mean, now granted, well, that's they what have, you say, yeah. Well, granted, they had the advantage of it's late in the console cycle for them, you know. But anything could happen, you know. And so it could hurt them for the new console cycle. So yeah. So so okay. Jump back. Jumping back to E three here. Some some sometimes my smooth ramblings gets mixed in with my H and K. So. Um, so anyway, E3 fail for EA is showing a cell phone game. I, this is I was trying to think <laughs> of something to equate it to. Like, uh, there's got to be something to equate it to. I'll think of in a second here. But you're showing a cell phone game to the gaming best conven- you know console gaming. I mean, it's generally what it is. So let's just go ahead and say it, tell it for what it is. Video game, hardcore video game players know about E3, mm-hmm. right? Because they're, and the ones that show up are definitely hardcore. And then you're going to put a cell phone game yep. and play it for 20 minutes and have announcers like it's some super exciting thing. And everybody's just kind of like, yeah, that's just, just something we have to watch until we can finally get to something good. It's like, I mean, I understand. We're, we're, we got to reveal it at some point. Why not reveal it again from a business perspective? But I mean, you do, it's kind of one of those things, man. I think you lose points with the hardcore gamers, and that's where your money's coming from. 
You know, people that play cell phone games don't care about E3. <laughs> you know, they'll just yeah. find it and think it's a good game oh, yeah. to play it. Exactly. It's just, it's Com- ridiculous. Command and Conquer rivals. And so and people that are Command and Conquer fans hate it for a different reason, just because Command and Conquer is such a good game and it's so complex and it's a real, it's a real strategy game. I mean, it is like a chess game. And then you're going to put it on a, a cell phone where you just touch, you know, to build troops, mm-hmm. touch to move, you know, to move here or whatever. And it's, uh, yeah, you can just, you can look that up pretty much anywhere and, and hear about it. But that's a file. Don't show cell phone games, please. That's no. the dumbest thing. Um, Let's see, what else? So another game that I play that I love, uh, going back to Final Fantasy a little bit, Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter and Final Fantasy XIV are having a crossover event that was announced at E3. So, in Monster Hunter World, you will be able to hunt the behemoth from Final Fantasy. And in Final Fantasy XIV, you'll be able to hunt the Rathalos. I really think that's a brilliant idea. I think that's the one thing that's saving... What little bit of saving there can be done for Square Enix at E3 was this... (laughs) I mean, that's about it. You know, that's about the only good thing that for them that's happening here. And they're piggybacking on top of one of the biggest games ever for Capcom, Monster Hunter World. So uh, it's a smart move for both companies. You know, you're going to get an awesome monster to hunt. And I'm sorry for everybody out there that's watching this that's seen the Behemoth trailer. It's Dodo Gama that's in his mouth. It is not uh, Devil Joe. It's not Devil Joe at all. It's too small to be Devil Joe. And I'm going to make sure I rant that one out because a, a huge discussion blew up on a couple of my Facebook pages that I help with for Monster Hunter World and they're like, oh, it's Devil Jeho in his mouth and no, it's not. It is Dodo Gama. Watch the video. Take slow motion caps of it. It is not Devil Jeho. I don't care what anybody says. You know, people were saying that the uh, publishers were saying it's Devil Jeho. I was like, no, it's not. They wouldn't put a monster that 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 in there that, that that's that much bigger than Devil Jeho because that's one of their best monsters to hunt. Is that that <laughs> that punk? I, I want to call him other names because he's so he's such a he can be such a pain. And Hollywood knows what I'm talking about because he's hunted him a few times and he can just be. <laughs> He, he can be the oh, bane yeah. of your hunt, he you is. know. He, he runs off too fast. That's what he can. Yeah, he happen. can. Yeah, he can run off too fast, or he can. He just got so much HP, I guess. He he, he, always... he is a tank, and so there's no way that Behemoth is that much bigger. I mean, it, it looks like a Dodogama in his mouth. It has some. You, you can see some blue Bahamut. use. Yeah, bah- uh, Behemoth. Yeah. Is it Behemoth or Bahamut? Behemoth? Behemoth. Okay. Okay. Behemoth. This whole time I think you're talking about Bahamut. No, it's Behemoth. So it's Behemoth. Yeah, okay. Yes, yeah, Behemoth. So that'd be cool. That's even cooler. I could really do, that could have some cool it, armor it, and everything. Because they've it, had enough dragons, you know. They are talking have. some good stuff about Behemoth, and I he's really big. look forward to finding he's, he, he's big. In Final and Fantasy fifteen, he's huge. I think what they're gonna do is they're gonna make him a little bit smaller than Zeno. And that way he would be just yes. a little he just would be just a little bit bigger than Devil Jeho at that point. You know, it would basically would be in between a Devil Jeho and and uh, Zeno, and that yeah. would be the perfect size for Behemoth yeah, I think because so. because then he would be fun to fight. Because Zeno is not fun to fight; she's too yeah. big. It's just too clunky to of a fight. And... It's just not fun. Behemoth has to be one of those monsters that is a fun fight that is got, it's got challenge to it, but it, it makes you want to keep on fighting it. Behemoth essentially looks like 
for lack of a better, if you don't know what I'm, what he looks like, it's kind of like a lion, a big lion. So if he has better, if he moves like that fast, but he's big, dude, that could be fun. Take the horns, uh, I'm sorry, take the wings off of Teostra. That lion face, drag it out a little more. Well, they might not know give who him, that is give, either. Give him bigger horns and make him just like he looks like he's been on steroids for four years. And that's what Behemoth is. He's just a huge, <laughs> big old hulking thing. I mean, he's just four years. I mean, he's just like swole. Not three. I mean, not Five three, years is not, a little too big. A little but, too big. Yeah, four four years say. is perfect. I was kind of on the front fence about four, but I guess it's fair for you. I could see that. There, 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 so, you, there you go. We're throwing in them clearisms again. We'll, 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 start, we'll start spiking those up again. But, so that's even better. Yeah, Behemoth would be better than Bahamut. Uh, yeah, for some you, reason, it's always somebody. Yeah, you probably always said Behemoth. I, I would, yeah, Behemoth is going to be there. Go watch the trailer. It's a really cool trailer. Um, it, he looks just slick. I mean, it looks really good. It looks like he's a monster that's supposed to fit in Monster Hunter World. I really love this crossover. And in the same sense, at times, I wish I was a Final Fantasy XIV player so I could go fight uh, Rathalos in Final Fantasy XIV because Rathalos has actually become one of my one of my more fun fights, you know, is to fight Rathalos. You know, she's not a super hard fight, but if you're not careful, she can kill you quick. You know, so it's one of those it's one of those fun fights with it. So, um, well, I really I really hope that it helps some Final Fantasy people say, oh, maybe I need to go jump on Monster Hunter World because this looks like it's a fun game. Let's bring in some more people. And it, and like I said, it's a brilliant idea for them. And like I said, this is the only shining light that Square Enix had through the entire thing, and it took the fact of them to piggyback off of Capcom to do it. So another game I was real excited about is the Resident Evil 2 remake. And I'm glad... So did they show that? I don't think... I've, I've seen it two ways. They showed it, and then I've seen it that they didn't show it, and they revealed it later. I don't, rem- I don't remember. Um, so, I'm not a huge Resident Evil fan. I mean, I've played it some. It's just not one that really sucked me in. I mean, it looks like it's going to be a good remake, but... So let me talk a little bit about this real quick because Resident Evil 2 is on original PlayStation. It was one of the first Resident it was the first Resident Evil I played and it was two disc. And you could be um, oh wow, Claire and Leon. Leon is on the first disc, Claire's on the other. And so you play through uh, Leon stage is what I did first. You can play either one first, you know, two different discs like I said. But what happens is like at some point they interact with each other throughout the first story or whatever so there's one time you walk in and you see you know a shotgun or you see a a grenade launcher i can't remember the exact weapon but and there's uh, a thing that you can increase your bag space well you can pick it up there or leave it for claire you know so when we play through the net with claire you get that so that that those two alone are makes the game very long, but after you complete both of their stories, there's a whole second part for each disc too. And it's even like scarier or more interesting, I thought. And I just thought that was amazing. And so that was my first uh, kind of experience with Resident Evil 2. And then Resident Evil 3 came out. That was one disc, but it was just as good. It was so much fun. I think Resident Evil 2 is better personally, but uh, Resident Evil 3 was super good. Of course, Resident Evil 4 kind of reawoken the whole series uh it's more of a shooter it's not a it's not a shooter but it's more action oriented than kind of the horror series elements of Resident Evil 2 and then um Capcom says 
Okay, everybody's complaining. Come on, make Resident Evil scary again. Make it a survival horror. It's more of an action game now. And they go, okay, you want scary? Bam, there's Resident Evil 7 on VR that people yeah. will not even touch it on VR. And I wouldn't either. Uh, it looks very scary. And it's just really, I mean, people, you watch it on YouTube. So people play it in VR. They have to take the headset off every like 10 minutes to, I don't know, it makes them kind of sick. But you can tell they're kind of playing it all to be like, let me get back in the real world for a minute uh, because I'm kind of getting freaked out. One of our gamer so, buddies, Kuiper, has it, and it's yeah. Did you yeah. play it in VR? Tried in VR? I, no, I'm not doing it. Uh, uh, I don't like horror things. Uh, that's not my. That's not my cup of tea. Uh, uh-uh. uh. I mean, I they take be, it. It's it's pretty freaky. Like he he's played it, and he's like, man, dude, I I can't, you know, I can't play it very long. So no, they take it some some uh, straight out of. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, one scene where you're sitting around the table and all through this weird family and, you know, the, the old grandmothers and it's like dead practically just sitting over in the uh, wheelchair and you're like, oh, is she dead or what are they doing? But anyway, just kind of freaky stuff like that. So anyway, now they're doing Resident Evil 2 and I posted about this, a remake in Resident Evil 2, I posted about this in Facebook and it was real late when I did it, so it didn't reach a lot of people and I didn't get the response that I wanted. I generally wanted... Uh, what people thought about this because there's a playthrough they have on this on the link that I posted at Kotaku and it doesn't really say it it says seeing the the title is seeing the Resident Evil 2 remake in action soothes my skeptical heart okay great and it does look great it's kind of got a uh, the original one had a fixed camera in the, and when you walked around this one has the over the shoulder just like Resident Evil 4 the graphics looks look great but during the gameplay, they literally say, you know, this isn't a remake. This is a whole new game. So that was the question I posed on Facebook. What do you think? Should they do a remake of the original? Just the new graphics and update? Obviously, add a few new things in there. That's stuff that they've learned. Or do a whole new game just kind of based in a Resident Evil 2 world? You know, it's... I don't, I don't know if I like that. I mean, I'm going to get the game. I'm sure it's going to be great. But they go back... So, they go back to making it really more horror uh, focused, where you get this the flashlight and you just kind of see whatever the flashlight sees, stuff jumps out at you, that whole thing. So they're still keeping to that. They're really listening to their fans and keeping to that horror genre instead of making it more action oriented. But again, the question is, you know, what's better? Uh, you know, do you want the remake or do you want a whole new game? Exactly. So, so I didn't, nobody answered that on the on there, and because I, I really I don't even know what I would really want either. Probably probably more of a remake with some new elements thrown in, but not uh, not a whole new game with a yeah. Resident Evil Two. Don't call it Resident Evil Two; just call it something else. Yeah, exactly. If it's if it's a whole new game, don't don't use the same name over. So if you go back and watch the uh, watch that link, you'll see what I'm talking about, and there are some familiar places, but they. They kind of talk about, well, you know, we, we put it in familiar. There's a few new things. And then the next guy, very next breath, this guy's like, well, it's a whole new game. I just want to emphasize it's a whole new game. And you're like, well, what is it? You know? Call it Resident Evil 2.5 then. It, yeah. I mean, that would be exactly just that simple. Resident Evil 2 revisited, you know, something. Yeah. To, to, define, it, to, to define it, it's a different game. Yeah. Uh, another game that uh, I thought was pretty good, uh, it, they didn't really say much about it, but it's um, from Besaide, uh Starfield. And basically people are hoping that it's uh, Elder Scrolls in space. It looks kind of neat. It just has a little trailer. There's no release date for it. Bethesda. Just, Bethesda. Bethesda. 
Yeah, I, I, I had, and the reason I stopped you because I say this, I, I said the same thing, and I was like, I wanted to correct my what from last one. I kept saying Bethesda, Bethesda, it's Bethesda, and I knew it's Bethesda, I, but when I very first saw it ever, mm-hmm. I called it just whatever real quick, and it kind of just made it kind of frozen yeah. in my brain. But it looks like it looks like it could be a, a really good game. It's their first big game outside of uh elder scrolls so that's that's a a big thing and then uh they have fallout as well correct yeah fallout 76 yeah and they had fallout 76 but this is their first big title outside a big new title outside of those two games so that's a that's a that's really cool to see that venture out for in space right yeah and so they got they got a swords and sorcery they got an apocalypse and they're gonna have space and dude, that space one. I mean, I'm super excited about that too. They just put out some great games. Yeah. Um, another one. Um, I was just looking at the time. They actually crushed to, it. I think. They I think they did. I think they did a great, great thing. One thing I do want to mention is is the disappointment that I have in Gearbox. <laughs> Why couldn't you show some Borderlands Three or saying, really? "Hey, we're working on it." It's not even called Borderlands Three. I don't even think they're working on it. Well, they're they're working on a Borderlands esque game or a or a game set in the Borderlands universe. They haven't even said it's a border. It's the next Borderlands or whatever. That's what everybody just wants it to be. I'm but, I'm frustrated with them because I want a new Borderlands. Oh yeah, everybody does. But uh, yeah, I don't do just. But anyway, back to Bethesda real quick. The Fallout seventy six. If you don't know, four times bigger than the map on yeah. uh, Fallout four, which was a huge map. And that's going to be awesome. Elder Scrolls Six mm-hmm. has been announced, and yeah, the the new game there. What was it called? Starfield. Yeah, Starfield. Uh, man, that's going to be great too. They they, they, they they really did well with their stuff. I mean, they, they kept have, all that quiet, and then all of a they sudden, did. They, they really did, and that's I have to give them credit for that. Um, they might I actually probably had the best showing out of everybody, in my opinion, just because I like surprises. You know, none of that was even on any of my radar, with the exception of Fallout. Fallout kind of popped on my radar a couple days before, but after that, it was just like these two other games, completely left field, and it's like, oh my gosh, another Elder Scrolls, and Elder Scrolls in space, basically. You know, you've got Elder Scrolls <laughs> in, uh, in in a post-apocalyptic world. You've got Elder Scrolls, you know, medieval times, and then you have. Elder Scrolls in space now. That's basically kind of what everybody's <laughs> calling it, you know, kind of making a joke about it. But it looks like they all, they're always fantastic games, you know. I haven't played a lot, of, a lot of their games, but, you know, just from talking to Hollywood and some of my other friends playing it, it's just always a, fant- oh, excuse me, a fantastic game to play. So I wanted to mention this too. So Hideo Kojima has, yeah. he's just, I mean, I don't know the drama going on, but it's like, he was with Konami, and they made the PT trailer, and that was like a new thing. So PT, you could download. Um, you nobody knew what it was as a horror game. They think it was going to be. So it turned out it's going to be like a Silent Hill game, but nobody knew what PT was. And then it turned out PT just means playable trailer because it was just a trailer that you could play, and it is freaky. It is scary, mm-hmm. and at the very end, it shows who your character is, and it's Norman Reedus. <laughs> so everybody's just like, "Oh, Norman Reedus." I guess I was playing Norman Reedus the whole time. Mm-hmm. So something happened at Konami, and Hideo is like, yep, gets fired or quits or whatever. And uh, he goes and does his own thing now. And so now Death Stranding is uh, stays. Yeah. So this title, Death Stranding, stays delightfully weird because nobody really knows 
what's going on. Yeah. But hey, we got Norman Reedus back. Yeah. <laughs> so it says that surely at some point Hideo and Norman Reedus will have to release a game. <laughs> you know, because it's like every he's just all these trailers for these games yes. with Norman Reedus and Hideo, but nothing ever comes from it. So and it stays straining still kind of in that phase of like hey Hideo we don't know what you're doing but mm-hmm. it's probably going to be good so we'll let you get away with it exactly I mean, it's, it's just, just so funny it's just one of those strange things strange yeah. isms of the gaming community like yeah, what's I going bring, on with these bring that up that's just it's hilarious because it's like it's one of the games that everybody's looking forward to but it has no release date you know yeah, it's, it's got big. it's got Norman Reedus <laughs> or it's got Norman Reedus <laughs> Mads Mickelson is in it even you know the guy that played uh Casilius in uh, Doctor Strange. That'll be a nerd reference for y'all for Mad Mickelson. He's also played in some other things. Uh, I think he was in uh, the TV show Hannibal, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so great actor, and so it's just like crazy, you know. You've got you got these two really amazing actors in this game that you have no idea what it is. You know, it's <laughs> outer space, or is it on Earth, or is it you know what what are you what is this game? It's just Hideo Kojima. Hideo is like the prince, like prince in the music business. It's just kind of weird, but everybody just kind of likes him and just kind of accepts it. It's Prince. He did that. We're going to so make sense a, because it was Prince. He's going to have another cutscene that's over an hour long in Death Stranding. <laughs> I, I, I predict that now. Sense. It just makes sense it's for it. He's going to have it. He's like, I, I'm going to do it. You know, he's like, I haven't done a <laughs> haven't done a long one in Metal Gear Solid for a while, so I'm going to do one here in Death Stranding. This is my way I can do it again. He probably doesn't even have the game any idea what it's going to be or gameplay. He just likes making these scenes, you know, because then you figure out, figure out a game around it. I'll put I'll put Norman in space and see how it goes. All yeah. right. Not too bad reception. Now he's back on Earth, you know. That's, yeah. That's just funny. So, um, another one I want to bring up too that a lot of people are excited about, and I'm kind of excited about too, is the Spider-Man game. Yeah. It looks interesting. You know, it looks like it could actually be. It does be look a, interesting. It looks, looks like, it looks like it could be a finally a good Spider Man game. I remember playing some of Spider Man games back in the day. They're always clunky. You know, of course, you can shoot your web basically in the sky and you can go or wherever. But this one actually looks like you got to be around a building or whatnot. And it, it, looks, it looks like it's pr- pretty well done. So I'm kind of excited to see how that one goes. Yeah. It, it, uh, it, it does look cool. Um, you know, I'm just I'm trying to just think about what I have not been ever been. People are, go crazy about these Spider-Man games, and I mean, I guess I'm the same way about the Batman Arkham Knights and all this. And I played Arkham Asylum demo, and I loved it. And then I bought Arkham City and played it and played it and for a long time. And I, some other game came out, and I just jumped to something else. So that's the reason I bring that up is that's kind of what this Spider-Man is going to be like. I think it's kind of the same fighting mechanic as free roam. Mm-hmm. Uh, go find the bad guys and save them. And, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just not a, I don't know, sex Superman to me. You know, Superman, <laughs> nobody's really that big of a fan of Superman anymore. But, you know, Spider-Man's yeah. cool. And the new Spider-Man, you know, within the Infinity Wars and all this is awesome. The guy that plays him and he was in Civil War too. that's a Tom great Holland. Spider-Man what is his name? Tom Holland. Yeah, that's a great fantastic. Spider-Man. They finally and found I like that Spider-Man. 
they finally found somebody that can do it right. He's got the, the he's got the wise cracking that yeah. doesn't feel like it's so forced. Because with Toby McGuire, whenever he did it, it felt so forced. When you looked at his face, it's like you're faking it, dude. Just 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 stop, you know. And then you had Andrew Garfield. And I'm sorry, he was just he's um, from he's from the Social Network. Bleh, you know, you that's know, all I can that's say. The- that's the guy uh, from the social network. That's I'm just going to beat myself Eduardo. on that one. You know, it's just, it's, you can't, you know, it's just, I, I'm not an Andrew Garfield fan. And every time I hear Andrew Garfield, I think of Garfield the cat. I don't think of Andrew Garfield. You know, I <laughs> automatically go to Garfield the cat and think of lasagna and, and uh, Opie and uh, Odie and all that. So He's a good just, character. He's got charisma. Uh, sorry, not, not the Spider-Man guy. I, mean, I didn't watch him as Spider-Man, but I liked him as social network. He does got charisma. He's a good actor. Uh, and so Spider-Man probably was not a fit for him. He but, was not a uh, good Spider-Man. <laughs> but um, he can do, he can, he's going to be all right. Oh um, yeah, he's going to be all right. I mean, heck, he dated Emma Stone for a while. Oh man. We could talk <laughs> about a whole other podcast. <laughs> uh, so, let's see. Uh, There's something I'm reading here. Let's see. My computer decided to go wacky on me and not let me read my article. Ghost of Tsushima is what I was what I yeah. looked at and I thought it was pretty cool. Um, so I'm big into the medieval stuff, medieval reenactments, and things like that. And this is the samurai version of the of medieval of doing the Middle Ages in you know England that area. So it looks like it'll be a really fun game. Uh, you get to be a samurai in it. I don't know a whole lot about it. I didn't pay much attention to it because I was really a really sad in Sony's uh, presser, you know, they basically started off with uh, The Last of Us Part 2 with the two girls kissing, and I'm like, why? Why do you have to do that? <laughs> you know, I, I don't care if they kiss, fine, whatever, great, they kiss. Why do you have to use that as your, like, oh, let's start E3 for us, let's have the two girls kiss. I'm like, you're just you're you're, yeah. you're using some gimmick to try to get some flair for, right. for for hiding what you don't have behind there because That's the sad part Microsoft That's just to get people talking about the game instead of the game itself exactly it's just like it. it's like oh my gosh you know I mean you've got Ghost of Tsushima that looks great you got the reason Resident Evil Two remake that looks good Death Stranding I mean you Spider Man you've got all of uh, I don't know if I'm saying this right. Noah two N I O H two. It's a popular game, and a lot of people play it. Oh yeah. Um, Kingdom Hearts three. You got you got some pieces that that are that are you're you're announcing there. Um, adding new stuff to God of War. You know, Destiny two was attached into some of this too. Uh, their their Forsaken stuff was attached into. I mean, you had a lot of stuff there, and then you used The Last of Us two. Two girls kissing as you're opening, and it's just like, come on, Sony, <laughs> you, you just lost me there just doing that. That was ridiculous. So yeah, so they're saying like most of these games are not even going to come out until 2019. A lot of them are going to hit 19, early 19, maybe even mid mid 19. Some of them. So yeah, that's what kind of sucks. But I mean, you know, but I mean whatever. we're but we're halfway through 18 already. Yeah, I know. It's, time's gone by so quickly. It's, it's just, but it's going to help me out because now I have time to play Red Dead Two. You know, I have time to play hey, some of right. these games. I have some time to play some of these games hitting. I mean, Spider Man's hitting in September. I'm gonna have time to play these games. It, it, I think it's actually a good thing that some of these games at the C3 are going to hit in 19. I mean, it is right before Christmas. 
is uh, uh, December what eighth, ninth. I can't remember the date exactly. Is when uh, Super Smash Brothers drops. You know, I hate that they're waiting that late to drop it. You know, I wish it was a little bit earlier because I can't wait to get my hands on it. And then you got the Pokemon Go, uh, Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee dropping um, a month or so before that. I mean, you've got a lot coming out in the rest of the year. And to add games from E3 would just make it, you know, would probably cluster it up so much that things would get lost in the mix. That's I think exactly it's a good idea right. they're waiting. Oh, yeah, of course. They're trying to get you hype about it. I mean, you got plenty. They're not going to bring up Red Dead Redemption 2 where everybody knows and that some people complained about that oh, why don't they talk about that everybody's already hyped for it it's out you know we, it's already been talked about once you already show a major trailer for a game you really can't do much more hyping for it in D3 I mean you can you can talk about it and everything but you start revealing too much of the game at that point you know so so yeah that's going to be a good one Octopath Traveler I'm going to get that I don't think that's in July but I got to get the Switch and I'm going to try to you know, Mario Odyssey, play that one and then go buy another one. I'm not going to buy like six games or whatever the first, right when I get it because Just of that very reason. Don't go buy the Mega Man collection then. <laughs> you got a whole bunch, a whole bunch of games there, and it's like when I tried to play it, it's like which one do I start with? And I just like, uh. So, <laughs> so all right, well, anything else about E3? Um, I mean, there's there's really not much more about E3 that I can share. I mean, it, it was overall it was a decent E3. I'm not gonna say it was a great one because I'm I'm a hardware fanatic. I want to see hardware. I mean, yeah, they did talk a little bit more about the Republic of Gamers gaming phone, but it's just a gaming phone on an, it's got Android. It's not gonna be anything special. So, uh, Ugh, cell phone games, second to cell phone exactly. games. So, so you got that. I mean, well, I mean, you do have Fortnite and PUBG on cell phone now. So, I mean, yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> so, but yeah, know. I'm with you, man. It was, uh, it was okay. I mean, I like the Cyberpunk 2077, like I mentioned. You yeah, know, a handful of them. Fallout, anything Bethesda did, I'm cool with. I was really excited about those. I'm actually excited about Smash Bros, yeah. which that takes a back seat to the other ones I mentioned, if I'm being yeah. honest. But. If I'm gonna get a switch, I'm I'm gonna try it. I mean, I'll go ahead and tell you. Oh yeah, I mean, um, come on. You you tried Destiny two. If you tried Destiny two, you gotta try Smash Brothers. Because I promise you, you'll enjoy. Don't it even more than say Destiny those 2. two in the same sentence. That's <laughs> <laughs> that is not even a, a comparison. Yeah, I played uh, Candy Crush, so you you should better like Smash Brothers. <laughs> That's about the same same comparison, but um. But yeah, I mean, it was it was it was overall good, I guess. I mean, there's nothing just super crazy. Um, yeah. If you, had, if you had Final Fantasy VII and Borderlands Three, we would have been a little bit more excited. But if I you would have Cyberpunk, had, yeah, Bethesda those, saved it to me. Bethesda yeah. saved it. Definitely, um, but Bethesda has had probably in my in my opinion as well probably had the best showing. Um, like Hollywood was saying, with no Borderlands announcement, not even a teaser showing the Hyperion base or anything, you know, just no teaser whatsoever. It's just kind of like, come on now, you know, so they, they kind of fell there, and then too, with the way that Sony did it, falling flat, and with Square Enix falling flat, you know, I blame both of them for not showing anything of Final Fantasy 7. So. Yep, and and so Cyberpunk 2077, I don't want to leave that out. That's one of my favorites. That, that also saved it. So there's Bethesda and Cyberpunk 2077 saved it along with Smash Bros coming in a distant third, which uh, 
that's my opinion on this whole thing. Smash Bros. saved it for everybody, I'm sure. So a lot say, of people like Smash Bros. So you say your opinion's terrible on that. Smash Bros. is number <laughs> one on that, man. Smash Bros. was awesome. It just they they had they, they did it right. Had a great trailer for it. Uh, I loved the way that they presented it. it. It's it's gonna be a fun game. I look forward to playing it and hopefully being able to play with some of you guys online with it. Uh, it's gonna be really great. And if I can figure out how to mobily capture some of my uh, some of my gameplay on that i'll capture gameplay and send that in that's something that we need to do do for y'all as well as do some gameplays all right cool so some news real quick so the contest that we did we always drop contest here if you've been listening at all uh we gave away free games we gave away a a super nes mini i believe our next one is going to be an nes mini as soon as this thing comes out sometime this month so this uh, this podcast or this uh contest was what Sega Genesis game do I own, Hollywood Cole, the only one that I own. And so we, we did this one for a reason. The reason was to try to reward people that have been listening for, to us for a long time. We'd hope that they would know the answer right off the bat. But and so it, we kind of dragged this out for two or three, four, five, maybe even five podcasts. Yeah. We didn't mention it, everyone. And I guess you can't really count the smooth ramblings because it's a whole different thing. But, you know, after kind of thinking about it, no, who wants to go back and listen to an old podcast you've already listened to to try to find an answer, especially when it's random? So I got on Instagram. If you're following me on Instagram, you would have seen I posted a video that just says, hey, we're doing a contest. I figured I'd give you guys a hint. Here it is. And just push the game up there. So follow us on Facebook and uh, Instagram. And you'll probably get some hints there. But anyway, this this thing has been answered now. And it's because of Instagram first. So they found Instagram. Uh, Matthew they out of Mississippi. Found it on Instagram and then went back. And he was this dedicated because he felt like winning it that way was wrong. He went back and listened to every podcast until he found the one it was mentioned <laughs> in. Yeah, so he he, po- he posted it was on the Retro Review Part 1. That is the third podcast we ever did. I, I'm with you, though. I thought I know I mentioned it more than in one podcast. I thought it was a lot more recent, but, I mean, it does feel like it's recent anyway. Uh, and it's not, I guess it's still less than a year ago. But um, but that's the one it was on, uh, Retro Review Part 1 and it's at 17.30. So 17 minutes, 30 seconds in, that's where it's, that's where it's uh, there. But, you know, he, he went ahead and listened to all of them. He didn't have to. He could have just said, hey, it's on Instagram. And I did say, hey, where was it? When he first said, hey, your your game you own is, is Shadowrun. That was the one, Shadowrun on Sega Genesis. And uh, he says, and I said, well, which, you know, I said, cool, that's, that's correct. You know, which podcast was it in? And he says, well, I haven't checked it yet. I said, well, how'd you figure it out? I said, well, I followed you on, on the gram. So, cool. And I went back and looked. Yep, follow me on the gram. Saw it. And that's perfectly fine. That's all he had to do. He just went back and did the extra credit. Um, so the game he's getting, he's a truck driver, um, really likes the podcast, and has been uh, listening uh, ever since. He's kind of a kind of a newer listener. He, so he just yeah. happened to kind of jump in. And um, Horizon Zero Dawn Complete Edition is coming your way. It's perfect yeah. for the road since you don't have internet. I've just started playing it. I love the game. Uh, me and, too. And... Uh, so congratulations on that. Take a picture with it. Send it to us so we can put you up on our Facebook. And I'll put you on uh, Instagram as well. And so just tell everybody where you got it, man. And that's what we're going to keep doing this this kind of stuff. We are. 
What else you got, man? Anything else you want to wrap this thing down? Man, that's I think that's it for us. I mean, we covered a lot here on E3, so. So stay tuned, guys. We got a lot on the horizon. I'm going to do a couple of smooth ramblings, one with the video game designer, author. Uh, that's going to be probably our next one. We're going to try to lay that down maybe Thursday or next weekend or this weekend, I mean. So within the next couple of days, today is Monday. We're laying this thing down. It'll probably be out Tuesday or Wednesday. We also have, uh, I'm going to have Revelation 617 coming back on to talk one-on-one with about some uh, Black Ops, uh, Mm -hmm. just some old school Black Ops, Call of Duty. Uh, And then, uh, of course, me and Clear will be back with some old school retro games that think that founded this thing. Get you guys back into these gamings. We've done a lot on E3, News, uh, Ready Player One, stuff like that. We want to take it back to uh, to get these old retro games yeah. in there. I believe we're going to do Super Metroid yeah, is what we're kind of thinking. So we decided we both have uh, NES, Super NES Minis so we can sit down and play it and play it the way it's designed to play. So we're going to do that too. And um, just a heads up for you other listeners out there, uh, my two fireside chats that I plan to lay down is one, you know, I told you I was going to do my review on uh, the DLC from uh, Destiny 2, um, Warmind how I felt about it, and then also, too, I'm going to lay down one about the new coming out of Destiny, uh, Forsaken. Uh, talk about that. They've got a got quite a few things. I was trying to wait until E3 panned out, and they dropped the news on it. A lot of controversial things on that Forsaken that I definitely want to cover, and we're going to talk about that in the Fireside Chat and just keep it there. I'm going to keep, try to keep Hollywood isolated from... Destiny. That way, that way, he doesn't get too fired up about it. I'm anymore. liable to just walk out of that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's just, so cool. All right. Well, follow us, guys, on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Hollywood Cole, H O L L I W O O D K O L E for Hollywood Cole and Clearfire K L E E R F Y R E Clearfire. Also, like us on uh, Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash H-N-K-E-X-P. Leave us a review. Hit us up on Podbean. Many ways to listen. And we thank you all for uh, joining us. Glad you could be here. Don't forget, uh, you can listen to us on Spotify and now to CastBox. If you've ever heard CastBox, you can check us out there as well. All right. Thanks again. All right. Take it easy.